The Capo and Joe Podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Welcome in, Campo and Joe. Anybody who checks in with us on Facebook Live, you're the first to enjoy a little Campo and Joe. And then whoever else grabs us on podcast, wherever you find us on social, we really appreciate it. Joe C. from XL Primetime and Dave Campo, our head coach. It's Campo and Joe. And let me be the first to wish you happy Thanksgiving before we get into uh, all of our football Well, thank talk. you, and happy birthday to you and, yeah. and Spielberg over yeah. here, Graham Marsh, that's yeah. running the show here. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he and, is. And, and uh, a little more smiles today than there was the last time we had this podcast. Yeah, it, it, it is true. It, it's what winning does for you. Yeah. All right, uh, yeah. Chief, you wanted to? Uh, I was going to say uh, pecan pie bites uh, are on the way from last week. Um, for dessert, uh, we'll Dude. we'll be enjoying those on our on our Thanksgiving Thursday in a couple of days. Oh, we had the uh, we had the co- the contest last we week. We did, and the pecan bites were outstanding. Absolutely, my wife does a great job yeah. with that. Yeah. I, I'm I'm excited yeah. about that. Outstanding. Well. All right, so oh, we got to hold it. Oh yeah, oh, oh, we, we got to move the the, yes. the the heads forward because we're winners again. Now I said it to you on XL Primetime. You did it once. Do it again. So we will get into that next game, but let's focus on what did happen. Because look, Jaguar fan, you really have to appreciate the fact that they responded from a butt beating. Okay, they got they got stomped by the San Francisco 49ers. There's really no other way to say it. They went from a five-game win streak to getting beaten by five scores. That's not good. 34 to 3 the final. Now they got a bad Tennessee Titan team that came rolling in here, coach, but they did what they were supposed to do against a bad team. Well, that's the key to the whole thing. You know, when you go into a season, you know, the, what you need to do is you win the games that you're supposed to mm-hmm. win. And, you know, if you do that, you're going to have a chance to get into the playoffs because, you know, there, there's not a ton of great teams. There's, right. a, there's a bunch that you should, if you're good enough, you mm-hmm. should be able to win. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one of the games that we might have to look back on was the game that we lost against the team they're playing this week mm-hmm. at home yeah. because that's one, in our opinion, we should have won and we didn't. Yeah. But uh, the good thing is that when you come off of a tough game like we did against San Francisco, it behooves you to come out firing and they came out firing, which is great. Yeah, I, really, you want to come out with a quick start. You definitely want to put yourself in, in a position where you can control the ball game. And I've been saying it forever, if this team plays with the lead, the defense is that much better. That was a bad Tennessee Titans team. It's not a Derrick Henry-led team anymore. They don't have outside threats. They've got an older DeAndre Hopkins, an older Derrick Henry, and they've got a really inexperienced Will Levis. And and look, I, I, you know, I said on the show leading up to it, Levis needs to leave town. Uh, a loser, and, and they they beat up on him. They got to him. That was the key. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, we we pressured him. Uh, we forced uh, some bad situations, mm-hmm. and and offensively, we did the things that we need to do against the good teams as mm-hmm. well as the bad teams. And uh, again, I don't think there's any JVs in the NFL. No, but. Uh, at the same time, there are there are teams that are struggling, and and we faced one, and that was part of the reasons we scored the, as many points as we did. Mm-hmm. So when we look back at this game, the positives, and I want to kind of get you to help our audience, help me, because you had a lot of problems with the line. You had Trevor looking like he was very uncomfortable with the pocket against San Francisco. Four turnovers, two picks, two fumbles. 
And he course corrected very nicely. Again, I keep pointing out it was against maybe lesser competition, but what changed? Well, first of all, they did a much better job with the interior of the of the offensive line, uh-huh. the two guards in, in the center. I think Walker Little played better. I thought Ezra Cleveland, when he came in in a couple series, yeah. did an excellent job as well. But uh, when the pocket, I'm not as worried about the edge rushers coming off the edge because I think our tackles are doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think uh, Harrison's getting better, you know, and as long as you can force those guys to go around the quarterback, yeah. if you have good solid inside with the guards in the center mm-hmm. to where the quarterback can sit in the pocket, right. and then even if things are not there that he likes, if you're forcing those guys to go wide outside, you can come up underneath those guys and take off and run. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. Get on the perimeter. So mm-hmm. that's one thing they did much better. Mm-hmm. The other thing they did was they, they stayed with the run. Yeah. It wasn't a game where we were averaging 4.5 or 5 yards a carry, but they stayed with it. They ran the ball about 27 times overall, including the quarterback mm-hmm. runs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you do that, you balance it up. It takes keeps you off balance defensively. I hated the teams that could get that going because yeah. now you really have to commit to, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, if, if they're running the football, you have to commit to stop it. Right. And that opens up some other things. And, yeah. and we did a good job of sticking with it offensively mm-hmm. to where we could play action, especially oh, yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Once Once we got the lead, then we hit some really big plays, and that's when we scored the touchdowns. Yeah. And I maintain that uh, Travis Etienne was going up against a pretty good front. Okay, that's a big, mean, nasty bunch led by Jeffrey Simmons. He is a savage at the line of scrimmage. And there were times where I just was either I tweeted out or just, you know, thinking as I'm watching the game, this defensive front is manhandling the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But little by little, like you said, they found little opportunities, wrinkle here, wrinkle there. And they were able to survive that right, test, right? Exactly. And and again, uh, you know, that's that's the thing that they have to do going mm-hmm. forward. The third thing to me was the movement of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that oh, yeah. puts pressure on the defense as well. Uh, and and you know, uh, I think th- there was something to the fact that after Trevor hurt the knee, mm-hmm. he was a little bit different for the next two or three ball games. And, right. And and to me, this this one. He got on the move a little bit more, and uh, it made a big difference in my mind. I asked you the question, and I think Jaguar fans would be interested. I asked you on XL Primetime, did Trevor say, hey, I need to move out of this pocket more? Or did Doug and Press tell him we need to create a game plan? I, I think maybe both could be true, but what do you think? Well, I think that definitely the, the offense was stagnant mm-hmm. with him not moving. Yeah. So, you know, again, the offensive line had to play better, which I believe they did. Mm-hmm. And then the movement uh, was, you know, initially with the coaching staff because right. they have to put the plan together. Sure. But I'm sure uh, that Trevor said, hey, look, uh, let me loose a little bit because I, I'm, you know, the knee's feeling better. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's part of my game, which it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was a, another component that they have to be able to do against this team they're playing next, mm-hmm. and some other teams that are pretty darn good going down the, the stretch here. The impact of Zay Jones coming back. Yeah, I thought and, that, and was, that was the other yeah, one. Yeah, I thought that was really big. And look, we we know that he has legal troubles. We don't know where it's going to go. We'll leave that. And as Doug said, just let that continue, and then they'll they'll deal with it internally when they have to. But 
uh, Leon had made the point before on our show that it's good for him to be back in this sanctuary right. of football. Correct. And, and for him getting out there, drawing the PI penalty, a couple of key catches, and obviously opening things up for other people. Yeah, I, I really think that, you know, when you've got the two guys on the edges that can go vertical, uh, that puts the pressure on the defense mm-hmm. because you can't load up on one guy. And, yeah. you know, it's just the idea that if you push the ball down the field, you're 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 opening some other things up as well yeah. for the guys underneath and all that. So I think that was definitely a factor. And I also watching him, I re, looking at the replay, mm-hmm. he did an excellent job of blocking in that game as well. Which, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's an unheralded yeah. accomplishment. But we have to be able to run the ball on the perimeter, and those guys have to protect. You know, block. If you look at the the plays that he made. And like you said, everyone in concert, Calvin Ridley, maybe a little more concentrated on the moment as opposed to maybe some of the other times where he just was thinking his skill was going to do uh, do the job. I think he, he drilled down on this game plan as much as anybody. And I think Trevor and, and Calvin, they said, we got to be better together. And then obviously these, you know, look, look, look at the, the, the two touchdown catches for Calvin, the big plays that Christian Kirk made. They all really started to feed off of one another. Absolutely, and that's got to be the case. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, watching uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, I don't see him coming inside the hash marks mm, still. very much. Yeah. And and the elite receivers mm. do it all. Yeah. And and so he's not there right now. Whether or not that that's something uh, of, you know, not playing for a while and, right. and getting on the same page with everybody, uh, but. As long as they can't double him, mm-hmm. he can catch the ball outside the hash marks. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. You know, he runs a, a great takeoff. He runs a, a really good comeback mm-hmm. off of the speed release and all that. Uh, that's good. And I think Zay helps with that. All right. Now, this was just a 13 to nothing ball game at the half. So I'm not going to say they went in and just absolutely blew their doors off because they didn't. But if you take a look at a few other games that were going on, Miami barely beats uh, Vegas 20 to 13. They were a heavy favorite. You can point to a couple of other ones, obviously, where teams were struggling uh, against lesser competition. So it's not easy. But what does Doug take out of this and say, hey, this ain't the finish line? We need to take that that we did, like we opened up the podcast, and we need to do it again. To be honest with you, that game, I was more nervous about that game than I am about this coming game. Really? Because of. Coming off a beatdown, okay. how's the team going to react? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, uh, and and some of it's my mentality as a coach was when I lost one like that. Mm-hmm. You you kind of it kind of comes into your mind: Can we beat anybody here going forward? It, it challenges it, it, your confidence, absolutely. Right? Uh-huh. And and now players, I think, flush things faster than coaches do. Probably, you know, it's a twenty-four hour rule for the players. I think mm-hmm. it's a forty-eight to. 52-hour thing for the coaching staff. But yeah. uh, I was nervous because the the just the idea that it's a rival game, it's a division game, uh, not in the last two years, but Tennessee has oh. had their way with, with uh, Jacksonville. Yeah. That made me nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they came out, and that's what you can take from it. Mm-hmm. They came out, regardless of who they're playing against, and said, this is who we are. Right. Right. And I think Doug intimated that in the. Mm-hmm. I saw his uh, locker room deal on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I saw him 
say that very thing. This is who we are. Yeah. But we have to be who we are every week, especially going forward against good football teams. Yeah, I think that's what drives me a little crazy. You can't take anything for granted. You can't say we've arrived when you haven't. Uh, and, and that's why I do challenge them. This needs to be in the division, back-to-back weeks, one here, one on the road, and start because that's how they got that five-game win streak. Correct. They won on the road in at home. Yeah, and, and this is, by the way, they're, they're still below 500 at home. This was only yeah. the uh, a really important win for them, but only their second win at the bank. They've beaten the Colts. They've beaten uh, the, the Tennessee Titans, two inside the division, but losses to the Chiefs, the Texans, the Niners. So they got to make sure that they get back on the road and take care of business. Right. All right, so before we look at the next one, I want you to give me, well, one more thing on offense before I flip over to the defensive side. I thought the fourth and 40 call, fourth and 40, that would be something. Yeah, yeah. Fourth uh, and 40, that's, four, that's Florida ooh. only gives up one of those. Yeah, that was kind of like <laughs> that was kind of like Pat Mahomes last night yeah, right. or what Florida had. You see him take a shot at me. Yeah, I took a shot at you. I I apologize. Uh, It just came up, uh, you know. It was fourth and 17. They couldn't defend it. They needed you back there to call those plays. The Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. But it was fourth and four from the 40. Right. And Doug's like, we're going for it. And I felt like he kind of took control of the play sheet at that at that time. I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, no. but I kind of felt like that. Bottom line is they got Trevor moving. They got Dearness Johnson out in space. He catches, turns up field, takes it from the 40 to inside the 10. That was a massive play. It was. And, uh, you know, I, I really think that's who uh, Doug Peterson is. Mm-hmm. Coming off of a big game mm-hmm. butt kicking mm-hmm. the week before, that's what I'm talking about. The coaches, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like it that he, he said, okay, you know, enough yeah. of this baloney. We, right. need to, we need to score some points like here. That. You know, and I like the aggressiveness. And, and to me, that was a, that was a, a, a big play in the mm-hmm. game for sure. All right, so let's get to the defensive side. And, you know, I, I, I jotted down a bunch of numbers. You got plenty of notes too. I just felt like early on you saw an attitude and intensity and job responsibility, gap responsibility, which is what you uh, teach us and point out quite often. But Roy Robertson-Harris, Dewan Smoot, Foye, you can go on and on. Guys that were active early, and I love seeing that. Yeah, there's no question that they went into this game saying uh, this big back is not going to affect this game. Yeah, And, you know, they jumped up in there and Mm -hmm. and they were able to – to stop the run early, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of that is just flat out knowing number one where you're supposed to be, and number right. two having more aggressiveness and, and tenacity yeah. than yeah. the team you're playing against. And I think that's what they did. I will not miss Derrick Henry trucking Jaguar defenders, yeah, but I will miss the runner, yeah, because it, it does look like it's kind of the end of the road for the yeah. diesel, yeah. And but I think what, some of it's their offensive line yeah. too. I mean, he, but. He, he might end up somewhere else and still have a couple yep. more years. Yep. Honestly, it happens. Uh, it happens. He let me tell you something. He still oh. uh, has power. Yeah, you know. Uh, I thought, you know, there were a couple of. Uh, I thought the front did an excellent job, but I, I think Lloyd and and uh, Jenkins mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. were a big factor in that game because they t- they attacked the line of scrimmage. Jenkins was like another linebacker yeah. early in that game. All right, so let's segue from this last win 
Jacksonville goes to seven and three. Think about how long it took you to get to your seventh win last year as a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Uh, and you can be happy where they are. But here come the Houston Texans. They're six and four. They're only a game back. They beat Jacksonville. They have the tiebreaker in Houston if they do that. So this is a just a you know, we've said it a thousand times, a thousand different ways. It's a huge ball game coming up. So when we think about job number one, you're the head coach. What's the first thing Doug and company drilled down on out of the win over Tennessee getting ready for Houston? Well, the, the number one thing is that you got to come out ready to play. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going into a hostile environment. You got to make sure that you're focused on everything because the crowd's going to be loud. There's a lot of things that affect you offensively. Uh, that's something that you have to, uh, the intensity factor is, who do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Do we want to win the South or do we want to just slip in there somehow? Uh, this is a big, big ball game from that standpoint. It's not the only ball game down the line that's going to make a difference, but it certainly is, uh, you know, they're nipping at our heels oh, and yeah. they're playing pretty good football. So we've got to be ready. Mm-hmm. And you know that you, from a personal standpoint, this is one that you want to, re- there's a revenge involved in this as well. Okay, so I'll give it to you. And, and this is what happened. A 37-13 beating by the Houston Texans. Not unlike the 34-3 that San Francisco handed to them. Right. 37-17. And let me just give you this by quarter. Houston outscored Jacksonville 7 nothing in the first quarter, 10 nothing in the second quarter, 17 nothing at the half. Beat them in the third quarter. Uh, excuse me, Jacksonville beat them in the third quarter 10-7. to Then Houston flipped the script, beat them 13-7 in the fourth quarter. You know how game flow goes. And that was thorough and without question. A team that had four backup offensive linemen and an inexperienced rookie in C.J. Stroud, and they did that to Jacksonville. Jacksonville better be ready. Well, I think that they went into that game thinking, okay, uh, we just went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't respect this team very much, and that's what happens. Yeah. You know, and, and by the time you – you know, when they got to the third quarter, they had to expend probably too much energy mm-hmm. to try to get themselves a semblance of back into the football game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you lose it in the fourth quarter, you know. But uh, to be honest with you, this, th- uh, there's a different opinion about what kind of team Houston has now yeah. than there was back at that time. And there's a little difference of opinion of who we are than what everybody thought we were going to be back at that time. So, you know, this is a game where, where it's going to be a grind out. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to go into this game with the idea it's going to be a ground, grind out, and we got to be, when we look up at the scoreboard at mm-hmm. the end, that's zero zero zero. we got to have more points than they have. And that's, that's the bottom line in this one. It opened in Vegas right around a pick game. It's now gone the Jaguars' way, point, point and a half, something in that neighborhood. But let me give you an idea of what C.J. Stroud has done. He passed for 336 yards and two touchdowns this last week against the Arizona Cardinals. He now has 2,962 passing yards, passing Cam Newton, fourth most passing yards by a player in his first 10 career games. The only guys that have more passing yards in their first 10 games are Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Andrew Luck. Uh, Ever heard of them? That's a pretty good group. sure. And so he had 470 in week nine, 354 in week 10. I mean, he's doing a lot of good stuff. Yes. How do they get a hold of him? Well, first of all, he's, he's executing at a Pro Bowl level. Mm-hmm. 
with the exception, though, is uh, he will turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we have to do defensively. We've got to take advantage of some of those things. But the biggest thing to me is they've got to affect him. They've got to make him, and and he's got some receivers that can get open. So Mm -hmm. they, they can't just blitz him. Right. You know, they've got to affect him with the pressure with either a five-man rush with zone behind it or some zone, and if okay. they have to go after him, go after him because they can't let him sit there and throw it. He's executing at a Pro Bowl level. Yeah. You know, a- ac- uh, Accuracy and really reading the field very well. Right, and they have to be able to handle the running game without committing the safety all the time mm-hmm. into the run game like they did this year, this week. Okay, And I think we're front seven-wise, we're – we're good enough against this offensive line to uh, to affect the running game. That's mm-hmm. that's my feeling. Yeah, I don't know exactly where Damian Pierce will end up on the injury report, but Devin Singletary was pretty good this past week. Yeah, Singletary is doing a good job. Yeah, really. he, he has been good the last couple of weeks. If you go back and 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 they definitely have weapons. I don't know whether uh, the fullback will be part of their game plan like he was last time. Coach, I don't know if I'm ever going to unsee a fullback returning a kickoff for what was it. 85 yards? Yeah, it was a pretty good one. There have been two fullbacks that have scored against this football yeah. team this year. Don't let that happen again. Well, uh, I guarantee you one thing. We we, we, we let a, a defensive tackle score one on us this week. Yeah, with, true. With Simmons. That uh, is you true. Know. But at the same time, uh, yeah, uh, I you know, that was – listen, that was just a, a, a reason that we got beat 37 to 17. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew Beck is his name, if you hear it. Scream. You do not want to hear it. All right, so where are – we know that they've got to get pressure. You know that they're going to mix coverages and maybe take chances. On the other side, will Trevor and them continue to be aggressive? Do you see a better play call sheet with more of that down the field? Because I really liked it. When that run game got going, That uh, the big play down the field got going. Yeah, I you know, uh, they they will uh, – I, I think their front seven is, is uh, a little overrated. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're going to be able to run the football on them, which I believe we need to do mm-hmm. uh, to get the play-action game going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their a movement has to be involved in it. We're a really good screen team. If they start getting a little pressure on us, I think mm-hmm. we got to use the screen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, the, they've got to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Right. And I use Matt, Tur- uh, Matt Hayes' uh-huh. effect and protect. Yeah, it's true. They have to win the, the battle up front. Yeah, and yeah. and I think our front is better than theirs yeah. uh, in, in all aspects of the game. Yeah, because I, I I came away in the beginning against Tennessee saying this offensive line isn't any better. They're not performing. Walker Little was back in. I want you to uh, circle back on Ezra, and it just didn't look good to begin with. Even Anton, as you know, as well as he's played, both him, he and Cam were giving up pressures. So anyway. That's how it started. And then once they got a hold of this game plan, they, they started to button things up. I want you to bring up one thing that you noticed just as far as the way they were working on the offensive line to get a little bit of that ground game going. Well, they were, they were doing a little bit more with the offensive line having their hands on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's like for a guy like Walker Little mm-hmm. in the run game, you know, he's six foot, whatever he's he is. He's six, 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 seven. Five, yeah. whatever yeah. he is. Uh, you know, with his hand on the ground, he's pretty powerful, you know, but a lot of our protection situation is the offensive linemen are, are up mm-hmm. stance, not hand on the ground. 
and we're, they just used a little bit more of that to probably get a little bit more power going, and they, I thought they effectively did that, in, mm-hmm. in, especially in key situations. What did you think about Walker, Little, and Ezra, that experiment? Because that was uh, – I know they want to see if Ezra can be a future left guard, but what did you think of that in the middle of a Well, they game? actually did that early in the game, mm-hmm. yeah, which, which to me says – uh, we're not quite sure on Walker. He didn't have a great game the week before. You know, what, how's he going to play? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he has to be. He's he's going to be a, a key backup, in my opinion. Now the rest of the year, yeah. uh, Ezra. Yeah. Yeah. And so they they want to get him some experience, and and this was a good game to do it with. Yeah. And I thought he handled himself pretty good. He he can run. He's good athlete. It looked like he was pretty powerful in the run game. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's a good experiment. Yeah, I, I liked it in the end, especially if Walker Little is the future at left tackle. They want to kind right. of figure out what they got going forward. All right, so as we wrap it up, uh, D'Amico Ryans has proven that he's a solid head coach. He can, get a, he can get a football team ready, organized. They seem to be playing with passion. They fly around. Tank Dell, Nico Collins, there's a handful of weapons. You remember their yards per catch? What did you give us earlier? They were in that 8.5. Eight, eight yeah. Which it means that they're getting the people down the, the, you know, they're getting the ball thrown a little bit deeper yeah. than what we were, and uh, it also they've got three receivers that are averaging eighteen a catch, uh, you know, twenty a catch. And hey. just and just think of the big play that they had to start the game here in Jacksonville, well, right at the goal line. I was going to say that this whole uh, that first game was a plethora of big plays mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. We've got to eliminate those for sure. And there were some busted coverages in there True. too, True. which I don't believe we're doing now. Yeah, I think they'll be. Uh, this team will be uh, very, very interested in cleaning it up, sending a different message, taking control of the division. It will now be sweeping Indianapolis, an opportunity to sweep Tennessee because of the score you just had against them, and then evening things up against the Houston right. Texans. Right. So at a minimum, you're looking at the possibility of a four and two record, which would match what they did a season ago, and then maybe get to five and one in the division. Yeah. We need to we need to have a good ball game. I think it's going to be a grind. Mm-hmm. That's why the spread is as close as it is. Yeah. Even though you know we're a game ahead, it doesn't matter. You know this is one that we've got to win to keep control of the South. Sounds good. I'm all for it, Coach. Now listen, Happy Thanksgiving. What's your favorite side? Oh, uh, my favorite side is is. Uh, uh, turkey, uh, the stuffing, stuffing, or, oh, yeah, the stuffing, yeah, yeah. So with you, gravy on it, you gotta yeah, have some. You gotta have some. You better believe gravy. it. And I like a little spice in there. Like yeah, TLD yeah. will get a little sausage. I'm not a spice guy. Oh yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I like it nice and bland and <laughs> good tasting. Well, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you Same and to Kay. You, Let's do one more bobblehead. Yeah, and we're going with, for with another good, good win. Vibes. Good and vibes. Have a great Thanksgiving. Go Jack. This presentation of the Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air, faster, reliable AC service.